Welcome to Liberty Station. I'm Bryce Eddy. Here on this station, we are working very, very hard to be a threat to the Great Reset. And uh, today, my guest is none other than historian, the great Bill Federer. And uh, I'm excited to talk to him because, you know, all of the things that we've been going on about and things that he's predicted, and, you know, we've had him on the show many times, and we've talked, uh, you know, really uh, here at the church uh you know, for years we've had a relationship with Bill and so many of the things that he identified years ago and said, okay, hey, here's the game plan, here's what's going on, have been coming to pass. It's not because he is a prophet, it's because he knows history. So with that, the great Bill Federer. Are you there, Bill? Hey, good to be with you, Bryce. Hey, listen, I love having you because, you know, every time we do, I, I always learn um, a bunch of new things and, you know, sometimes more than my brain can contain. But you and I have exchanged a, a couple of texts over the last several days. And I said, hey, Bill, you got to come on because, you know, we're seeing some things going on in China. Um, you know, we have things that are happening here, of course, where a lot of, uh, you know, the dams are bursting. So I wanted to, you know, have you on to, to talk about some of that stuff and, and, you know, just give us a, give us an updated report and, you know, weave in history like you so beautifully always do. Yeah. So, uh, we see a lot of crises and the big question is, are these coincidental or conspired? And, uh, conspiracy, by the way, is just a minority wanting to control a majority. And they just can't do it in open because the majority doesn't want it. So, um, but we're seeing a lot of things that have never happened before. The large number of food processing plants having explosions and fires, large numbers of farms with turkeys and chickens. Um, I've talked to a, an ag specialist and said that the same uh, tests that were used to detect COVID, the, if I'm not mistaken, the PRC tests, whatever the little acronym is. PCR, yeah. The PCR that have uh, a uh, inconsistent track record are what was used to decide to have farmers destroy millions of chickens and turkeys and so forth. Um, and then we see pork processing plants being shut down. Uh, so it's something that hasn't happened before. Uh, in reading through Franklin Roosevelt's speeches, I actually uh, did an entire book called The Faith of FDR, where I read through every one of his addresses. He was in office um, uh, 12 years. He got elected four times as US president. After that, they passed the 22nd Amendment, limiting a president to only two terms. Um, and so uh, all the addresses during the Great Depression, during World War II, I focused on his faith because he was always referring to the Bible. He was Episcopalian, and he passed out Gideon's New Testaments to all the soldiers in World War II. But he talked about lightning attacks by the Nazis and how we were vulnerable with our uh, interior plants and oil refineries and things that... Uh, this new style of warfare where they would have come in and infiltrate and attack our infrastructure. And he's warning about this way back during World War II. Well, lo and behold, we're seeing explosions of oil refineries in America. We're seeing trains derailed with carrying fertilizer and doesn't make it to the farmers in time so they can't use it on their crops. Um, we see 
the Ukraine war and how uh, the Ukraine is the breadbasket for Europe and North Africa. And so there's going to be a shortage. Uh, I talked uh, a recent article of Sri Lanka. They only have two weeks worth of bread for their entire nation. Um, and then we see the shutdowns going on in China with uh, the COVID shutdowns where they have taped people in their uh, condos and apartments so they can't get out. And, uh, and then we see the factories being shut down and now there's a bank collapse going on in China. And all these banks are going under, which means all these smaller businesses are going under. And it's gonna have a ripple effect where we're gonna have a lot of our supplies that are made in China not showing up. And so we'll have empty shelves and we'll see a, an impact of retailers that were selling that Chinese stuff uh, going out of business. Um, we see the gas prices. And that first thing Biden did when he was in office was shut down the Keystone pipeline, causing our uh, fuel to skyrocket. And then we see the uh, EPA and all these government regulation agencies uh, making it very difficult for oil companies to get long-term capital investment in projects when there's an insecurity as to whether or not they'll be able to get a return on those profits. So you're not going to invest money uh, in something that, that the government has not given you security as to whether the situation will be there. So uh, these things are either a tremendous coincidence that they're all happening at once, or possibly this is part of the Great Reset. And uh, please interrupt me at any time, Bryce, but uh, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, uh, said that by the year 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. But let's focus on you'll own nothing. And so this yeah. is what they've talked about is uh, bankrupting the world so that you will not be able to survive and everyone will go to their government and say, help. And the government will say, we'll help. We're going to give you uh, some digital currency, uh, but it's called CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. And uh, the government will be able to track all your purchases. And then they tie this together with an ESG score, which is like a China social credit score, where if you're not woke enough, you're not climate change friendly enough, you're not LGBT friendly enough, uh, then, and they can tell all this by keeping track of all your posts, all your, uh, with your phone, they know th there's a way for them to know how much time you spend with each app on your phone. Uh, they know every website that you visit. They, they know how many seconds you are viewing each page on each website. All that data is available. Everything that accesses the internet has a identification code, your laptop, your phone, and they keep the record continuously, 24 hours a day. And they build a profile on you. And with a GPS, they know where you're traveling and they uh, can see if you're around people with low scores. Uh, they you know with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, I have uh, done lots of interviews with D. James Kennedy Ministry. The Southern Poverty Law Center listed them as a hate group, um, and they're suing the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, because it's an arbitrary uh, classification that this group is giving. Um, they just have been talking about Bible 
for since D. James Kennedy was alive, but yet this classification. Well, the government is beginning to use this classification. And so they, they create scores on not right now they're using it on businesses. I talked to a banker and they said, yes, um, uh, banks are beginning to uh, classify, classify businesses with a, not just a credit score, but with an ESG score. So if you go to get a loan, they'll say, okay, have you been making payments? But now they're going to look how woke you are. So once they yeah. get all the businesses on board, the next thing is to do it on every single person. And yeah, that was the uh, the ESG score is the back door to you know p- putting it on us as individuals. Um, there was a Black Mirror episode, which is a uh, sort of a Twilight Zone um, uh, uh, show out of the UK. That um, you know, Twi- Twilight Zone kind of had the the you know a different um, you know more of a focus on the mystic, and you know it was science fiction and everything. But this one is is really focused on technology. And there is an episode, I don't remember what it was titled, but it was with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, so Ron Howard's daughter plays the the t- uh, title character in it. And it is all about, uh, you know, people going around trying to get their social credit scores up. And it came out probably in 2000, I'm going to say 17 or 18 maybe. Um, I could be wrong on that. And uh, I don't remember all that's in it, so you know if you're going to go watch it, viewer discretion advised. I, I don't believe there was anything objectionable, but I can't remember for sure. But I remember thinking at the time that it was you know kind of fun science fiction, and oh look at that, ha ha ha, you know. Um, but it is exactly the direction that it is going right now, and even in uh, companies that I. Um, am invested in and know about they're starting to put out you know ESG material and uh, because they won't get their private equity money they won't get the big institutional investors unless they are pumping up those scores and um, it is a it is a wild thing to witness it happening now in real time and uh, one of the other things you know they they infiltrated the Boy Scouts and created it from within. Um, I, I was an Eagle Scout, uh, Boy Scout yeah. master, and it, it broke my heart to see that the homosexual movement had infiltrated it and then began to uh, get it to compromise on the inside. And now, um, you know, they have all the transgendered and the boys and girls all mixed up. And, yeah, and anyway. I think now it's just called the Scouts. I, you know, I don't, I believe they removed boy out of it. If I, if Correct. I, correct on that yeah but, but it's this idea uh, that the YMCA uh, started by Christians um, the William and Catherine Booth who started by rescuing girls out of sex trafficking in London uh, minor girls they actually got a law passed raising the age of consent in England um, but then they changed the name of the comp- the organization from Christian mission to Salvation Army emphasis on salvation and, uh, but the Biden administration, or excuse me, the Biden Foundation, uh, a dozen years ago, uh, gave money uh, to the YMCA in Massachusetts and in um, the Northeast to do pilot programs of reaching out to the LGBT community. And more money came in, more money came in, so that the YMCA uh, changed. Their, remember that triangle, spirit, mind, and body? Uh, it's yeah. now... Um, uh, social engagement, community involvement, whatever it is, but basically it's woke. 
and the cities would have their gay pride parades and they pressure the YMCA to, to sponsor it and have a booth there and be in the parades. And, and, um, and so uh, they've been distancing themselves. But the point I'm getting at is if they can't stop an organization from the outside, they try to infiltrate it from the inside and usually through finances, through money. Well, we're witnessing the same thing on a business scale. And so years ago, uh, index funds were formed, and that's where you would have your retirement in some asset management company. And But these index funds would invest in everything on Wall Street. And so it was a safe investment. And over time, Wall Street gradually increases, and so your investment will gradually increase. And But you may be a retired teacher or fireman, and you have a couple shares of Exxon you're not gonna drive across the country to go to an Exxon shareholder meeting. You wouldn't even know what to say once you got there. And so you check this little box called proxy, proxy vote. You give your vote as a shareholder to the asset management company. And so uh, the asset management companies show up at the stockholder meetings with large numbers of votes, and they basically dictate to the company what its policies are going to be. Well, over the years, the three biggest of these index funds is BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. And they now control trillions, literally trillions of dollars worth of people's retirement investments. And they show up at the Exxon, the Target, the all these different companies, and they tell them, uh, you will fire this person. You will be more woke, you'll be more LGBT friendly, you'll have the company go through diversity training, you'll be pro-China, all of this stuff. So for the longest time, we've thought of business on one side and corporations on the other side, and you know, but now both of them are on the same side and um, of the woke agenda. And so Larry Fink is the head of BlackRock. Um, and here they, we've thought of Pepsi and uh, Coke as competitors. Look who owns them. BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard are the biggest shareholders. We thought of Nestle and General Mills as competitors. Look who owns them. BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. Matter of fact, 80% of the S&P 500 companies have controlling interests owned by BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. And so this has never happened in history where you have trillions of dollars that are in the hands of so few people and they have a woke agenda. And that, this brings me to uh, a question. So when you have these food processing companies and these railroad companies and these communication transportation, having all these accidents, having all these explosions, having all these different things, which all appear to be heading toward a infrastructure collapse. You know, uh, Biden wanted to set aside a lot of money for infrastructure. Um, usually whenever the government says they're for something, it's the opposite, right? Remember yeah. the Affordable Care the, Act, which actually makes it unaffordable? Better, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's uh, the George Orwell doublespeak, right? George Orwell, for those not familiar, uh, wrote the uh, 1984 uh, dystopian novel. Utopian is a futuristic perfect society and dystopian is a futuristic uh, horrible society like that um, uh, movie that you referenced already. And so um, anyway, George Orwell in there 
uh, everything is the opposite. So a character named Winston works for the Ministry of Truth, but all it does is lie. And um, and so this um, in this book, um, Winston's character uh, has to edit the history. And uh, so he'd be in a room and the history would come through and he would edit it and then put the original history in a like a pneumatic tube, like you go to a bank and you have the deposit sucked through that tube. And, but this would suck it into the incinerator in the basement of the building and burn it. And he called it the memory hole. And so things yeah. would put down the memory hole. And, we have um, a we have a current example of that right now playing out just recently with the um, actress um, uh, Ellen Page, who uh, you know I think got, got a nomination or won an Oscar for the movie Juno. And, uh, you know, trans, uh, transitioned into a man, quote unquote, um, here just recently and, and now is going by the name Elliot Page. And they have gone backwards in time and in IMDb and other places where uh, she would have been referred to as Ellen Page. They are now referring to her as Elliot Page, when indeed she was a female, you know, at that time, professing to be a female at that time, winning uh, Best Actress Awards at that time. And now they're going through the online history of these things and changing her Ellen name to Elliot. And and it's it's literally you you now start Google that and go back into the historical stuff and and they're going to be doing it on credits and everything else going forward. You watch. Yeah, it's exactly as George Orwell. Um, I don't want to say prophesied, but uh, was able to speculate. And um, but why is this important? Um, there's a a plan that's being presented, it's clear in the Bible, um, and it's always good to be on God's side. Um, you know, I, I gain um, my encouragement by looking at things from a spiritual point of view. And uh, But there is something happening, and Jesus said, be wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove. What does that mean? It means you, know how, you need to know how the serpent thinks. You need to know how, you have to be aware of it. Um, you know, you have little kids and, you know, they like to, to hug people and they, they hug grandma and everything. But then, you know, you, you tell them, you do not hug a stranger. You do not kiss a stranger. You, you have to, you know, um, I, I tell my wife, you know, when you go to the store and you're by yourself, uh, you know, park up near the door because uh, there are vans that don't have windows that will go slowly through a parking lot. And if they see a woman that's unaccompanied and it's dark and it's at night, they pull up and open up and throw her in and kidnap her. And I mean, we have to be aware that there are evil people in the world. And, um, and they, um, and whatever happens on a small scale also happens on a large scale, a micro macro whatever a human being is potential of, all a humanity is potential of. And so if, if somebody it can be a, a, a good individual, well, the, the world has the potential to be good. But if somebody can yield and do credit card fraud and do um, online scamming and do uh, abortions and sex trafficking, it's possible to have people in the government doing those things. And, and that's yeah. sort of what we're talking about. But... Um, uh, but as far as you know, the, the line that we were uh, 
originally talking about is a financial collapse, the Great Reset, um, and is it uh, accidental, a coincidental, or is there an intentional plan going on? And uh, I can't help but think that there's some intentional things going on. And the BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, these companies that own a lot of companies, uh, they've made it clear that they want to have a, a global reset. And what is a global reset? That's where you basically orchestrate an infrastructure collapse, uh, a banking collapse, a, a food collapse. Uh, why? So that all the people will have to go to the government and say, help. Yeah, they, the they want to just they want to destroy it in order to rebuild it in their own image. And the stuff that they want us to voluntarily do, we will only do if we are desperate. And if they can put us in a desperate position, you know, people agree to all sorts of things. You know, I was reading of um, Plato and I wrote a book called Socialism, the real history from Plato to the present. Uh, and great Plato's, book, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, Plato's the first one that talked about everybody owning everything in common, and it sounds nice till you think it through. Somebody has to be in the government handing out all the common stuff, and they will always be tempted to want to funnel a little extra to their family and friends on the side, and always be tempted to hold back from someone they don't like, and before you know it, it gets discretionary. And the saying is, he who holds the purse strings has the power. And so every attempt at everybody owning everything equally always ends up with a deep state bureaucracy of politicians passing out favors to their friends with the most corrupt guy at the top, a dictator. But Plato, he lays, lays it all out. He says that the dictator has two tools in his toolbox, fraud and force. Fraud is the dictator first appears as a protector and he consolidates power because he tells you that he's wanting to do good things. And you give up some of your power because he tells you he's wanting to do good things. But then when he begins to get too much power, that's when people cast it in his teeth and confront him. And he begins to drop in popularity. And so whenever you see a leader dropping in popularity, and uh, the next tool in their toolbox is force. Instead of trying to wear a mask and tell you they're taking away your freedom because it hurts your own good, forget all that. They take off the mask and they just rule as a tyrant. And so what they do is they purge the military of anybody that has morals and virtue. So in Plato's case, he says people cast it in his teeth that he's getting too powerful and he has a choice, give up the power, which he's not inclined to do because Plato called him a lover of power, or get rid of the people confronting him. And so he purges his administration of anybody with morals and virtue. All he wants is yes men. And then Plato says, uh, and then comes the famous request for a bodyguard. He claims there was an insurrection against him, that there was a, 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 an, a threatened, his life was threatened. And all the people's concern is for the, their friend, the leader, and none of their concern is for themselves. And so they let him get his uh, Praetorian Guard, his uh, militarized uh, personal police force uh, for his protection. But that's when he begins to transition into a tyrant. And Plato says he finally uh, stands up in the chariot of state holding the reins of power. 
and he's revealed as the tyrant. And so this uh, transition, uh, Plato talked about it um, way back in 380 BC in his Republic, chapters eight and nine. Um, but you begin to see he's just a, a student of human nature. He, I, I tell people history is not prophetic, but it is predictive. And so when you study human nature, uh, patterns appear and the pattern of somebody coming along saying, I'm gonna fix stuff, I just need to have a little more power to do it. And then um, when people, they drop in popularity, uh, then why try to tell them that you're doing it for their good? You just have the force. So it's naive of us to think that the same people pushing their agenda through courts, through education, through Hollywood and media and Disney and, and everything imaginable, it's naive of us to think they won't be tempted to push their agenda through the military. Yeah. And I spoke, I spoke in Boston about a month ago, and there was a couple there whose daughter had been at West Point. And they were pushing this critical race theory so much that they locked all the cadets in a room and said, unless you embrace this critical race theory, you're not coming out. And so they were in there like all day. And finally, this girl and her black roommate said that they just could not go along with this critical race theory, and they got booted out of West Point. In other words, they're intentionally purging the military of anybody that thinks normal patriotic thoughts. They want an army to enforce their agenda. And um, they are, yeah, they are, and and they're doing that very systematically. You know, the the vaccine was one of those things. They, um, you know, have been drumming out those that have refused the experimental vaccine, um, the jab, and and so we're seeing that happen all over the place. Yeah, and um, but I, I appreciate you, Bryce, and uh, your uh, um, your skill with uh, martial arts. I, I think the the good Lord is is applying that same uh, strength and conviction to the, the moral situation in our country. So, uh, so I thank you for being on the on the front lines here. Uh, well, thank you for that. Hey, um, I wanted to to go back. You mentioned Sri Lanka and what's happening there, and I wanted to to you know verify because I started reading a little bit more on that situation, the history there. But as I understand it, it it's essentially um, a, you know extreme environmentalists that have driven them into the poverty and the food shortages that they're in now. Um, have you looked into the the details of that situation? Uh, some, yeah, the, the climate change and the uh, moving away from fossil fuels and basically making them d dependent. Um, you know, yeah, they they uh, essentially for you know for our audience, they have um, they declared years ago, um, you know, with the the administration that took over power, that they were going to move the country to all organic farming. Now. I love the idea of organic farming and and you know I'm a big proponent of that but but by instead of using market forces to reward those that are moving down that path they um, overnight enforced it at a governmental level and it has caused them uh, to have much lower yields it's caused them to have, um, you know, crops that completely failed and, and all of this, you know, over this period of time to the point that they have actually removed some of the Twitter pages where 
the the government forces were predicting, you know, that that they would be soaring to great economic heights because of these decisions. Um, and Jack Posobiec and others have grabbed those Twitter posts from that time when they declared that, you know, here's here's where we're going. But essentially, they got taken over by rabid environmentalists, you know, that 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 put in these draconian, tyrannical measures on their farmers, and and the farmers, you know, could not do it, could not compete, could not sell. And, and now we're seeing that, and then we're seeing what is a real coup and a real insurrection happening right now. Yes, and um, similar thing in Holland, and they're yes. near a civil war in Holland. Uh, the crazy government is wanting to shut down farms, and you have farmers uh, with their tractors uh, getting uh, shot upon and doing uh, protests because the government is making all these— Restrictions that will not allow them to be able to have a yield. The, the, the farmers say, you're going to be eating bugs. There's not going to be any food in Holland. And so, again, this is either a coincidental move or it's orchestrated. And yeah. anybody that is good at connecting dots uh, can see that it's, it's beyond a coincidence, that something is behind. And then you have the statements of these globalists. Uh, saying we got to reduce the world's population, um, you know, Bill Gates, we have to, uh, you know, have all this sustainability. So it's a serious I, thing. I brought him up on the show before, but um, and I think maybe we've discussed it, but, you know, Noah uh, Yuval Harari talking about what are we going to do with all of these useless people? And he's, you know, he's one of the, you know, Klaus Schwab, uh, World Economic Forum, you know, lead thinkers and, and uh, you know, saying that quiet part out loud. You know, they, they are not sure what they're going to do when, you know, the elite oligarchy takes everything over and is in complete control. What are they going to do with all the masses that, you know, don't want to go along with their plans? And his, uh, you know, his thing is, is that boredom will be dangerous, so it'll be a combination of video games and drugs for the masses to keep us placated. Yeah, yeah. We talked about um, uh, George Orwell, um, but there's uh, another uh, dystopian writer uh, that did um, uh, Huxley, was it, with The Brave New World? Yeah. And so yeah, he's all the talks about distracting people. Um, and uh, But, um, you know, I've uh, talked about it uh, before, but uh, the controlling of the information is is key. Um, you know, Elon Musk noticed that with Twitter. It looks like that's not going to be purchased by him, but he at least made it clear that free speech is under attack. And um, I, in my book on socialism, I have several chapters on manipulating uh, the perception of the public. And it's quite interesting. I may have mentioned it before, but in the 1800s, you, you sold products like Wells Fargo Wagon and Sears Catalog by listing every detail about a sewing machine. But then in the early 1900s, you had slick magazine ad campaigns, and you sold items not based on listing what's in it, but based on making it look like everybody's using it, like keeping up with the Joneses. 
And uh, the classic is Crisco. Nobody knew what was in it. Uh, they made up a term, a term vegetable-based, but they had these advertisements of happy families eating it with, you know, smiles on their faces. And it was so successful, it put out of business the lard industry. And of course, those that do research, uh, that Crisco's made up of cottonseed oil. In the yeah. deep south, they'd harvest cotton, mountains of these useless seeds. They'd mush it into black mucky oil and use it in factories and machinery. Nobody ate that stuff. Somebody had the idea of bleaching it and putting it in the cans with this nice ad campaign, and we've all eaten it. Um, but uh, the person that championed and, 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 this— And by, by the way, just to pause there, industrial seed oils of that nature are one of the leading causes of inflammation in our bodies— you know, one of the most destructive things to us, they're, they're cancer-causing. I mean, it, it is amazing. There's a ton of, you know, really brilliant researchers on this, and including uh, the promotion of sunburns and other things. It, it inhibits a lot of our body processes, and, and so you've got to get off of those trans fats. You've got to get off of these industrial seed oils. It is the most damaging thing uh, next to sugar. That, that you could be consuming. So anyway, that's my little public service announcement for people there. I, I love it. My, my son would love that too. Industrial seed oil, though. Um, yeah. Because he's really into health and, and bodybuilding and so forth. And, uh, yeah, he'll but, agree. Uh, the, the next person that I want to mention, his name is Edward Bernays. He was the nephew of Sigmund Freud, the psychologist. And mm -hmm. Edward Bernays wrote a book in 1928 called Propaganda. And he later changed the name of it uh, to public relations, right? He invented the term public relations, but he used to call it propaganda. And Brilliant. his classic was women's shoes. He says, women go into a department store and think they're picking out shoes. They're not. The marketing executive picked out the shoes for them and paid the actress to put them on and paid the photographer to take the pictures and paid for the magazines to print these slick ads. And the women buy the magazines and buy them. And he says, uh, in his book, Propaganda, he said, a large manufacturer of women's shoes has a popular actress. Wear the shoes, the fashion spreads. The man who injected this idea into the shoe industry was ruling women in one department of their social lives. Today, the minority has discovered a powerful tool in influencing the majority to mold the minds of the masses. They find in Propaganda a tool which is increasingly powerful, regimenting the public mind. And so... Uh, he goes on, in almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere, sphere of politics or business and our conduct, our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons. It is they who pull the wires which control the public mind. And so um, he wrote a book called The Engineering of Consent. So we're a, a country like the Declaration Government from the consent of the governed. But what if you could engineer the consent of the governed? And so they took marketing of products to marketing political ideologies. And he says, those who manipulate uh, this machinery consist of the invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. And um, anyway, then another socialist named Noam Chomsky wrote a book called Manufacturing Consent. And um, uh, a historian, Oswald Spengler, wrote, democracy has become a weapon of the moneyed interest. It uses the media to create the illusion that there is consent from the governed. 
He says, the press today is an army of carefully organized weapons. The journalists, it's officers. The readers, it's soldiers. The reader neither knows nor is supposed to know the purposes for which he is used and the role he is to play. Democracy is often a government of wealthy elites. And so you get to vote. But who do you know who to vote for? Well, what the media tells you. Yeah. And the media can ignore a candidate or they can say bad things about a candidate or good things. Even the or they can disappear. They can disappear his son's uh, laptop and, uh, and and make you think that there's nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. You can even have a, um, uh, a Department of Justice ahead uh, that sits on the the Hunter Biden laptop story for an entire year until after the election, right? Yep. Uh, so that's why there's a lot of people that are not happy with Bill Barr. But um, this idea. I sort of put it together with a like a domino. You ever play dominoes and the one hits the other and knocks them down? So in America, the country's controlled by laws, but laws are controlled by politicians. Politicians are controlled by voters. Voters are controlled by public opinion. And public opinion is controlled by media in the short run, education in the long run, churches to a limited degree, and then the internet. And so those groups, the, the media, education, the churches, and the internet help form public opinion, which influences the voters, which influences who gets elected, which influences the laws that get passed and rule the country. Years ago, I was with uh, Rick Santorum, and he said that after years in the Senate, he realized that politics is downstream from culture. And so this uh, idea is who gets to shape the culture? And I, I lay it out in, in my book on socialism. Uh, we have the Spanish-American War. Uh, Spain was treating the people in Cuba terribly and starving them to death, like a quarter of a million starved to death. And the cry was coming across to America, but nobody wanted to get involved. And so William Randolph Hearst of the New York Journal and Joseph Pulitzer, the Pulitzer Prize, he owned the New York World, these newspapers, they involved, got involved in yellow press journalism. And it's called yellow press because the newspapers were printed on inexpensive paper that turned yellow relatively quickly. But in their newspapers, they would run articles about the terrible situation in Cuba. Uh, Frederick Remington is an illustrator. They didn't have the ability to print photographs. And so they had an illustrator that would do etchings have very fine etchings, and then they could print those. And so William Randolph Hearst sent Frederick Remington to Cuba and said, you provide the pictures, and I'll provide the war. <laughs> you give me the pictures, I can push it in my newspaper. And what happened was it stirred the country up to put pressure on the politicians to have our military intervene in in Cuba. And, um, and so this power of the yellow press journalism began to uh, go from something that was relatively good to being controlled. And so after the World War II, you had um, Alan Dulles. Uh, he was the head of the CIA, and who was the brother of John Foster Dulles, who was the Secretary of State. And uh, Alan Dulles put in what later got termed Operation Mockingbird. And after World War II, America became isolationist. 
and there was a growing Soviet threat. And so Alan Dulles, CIA, had uh, the CIA worked together with the media to have articles to wake up the country to the Soviet threat and would uh, have hundreds of what were considered assets. So these are people that worked for the mainstream media that would funnel the stories into the newspapers uh, to wake up the country. Uh, but the, uh, the KGB did the same thing in reverse. And so you had Whitaker Chambers, and he was the editor of Time magazine. And he eventually had to come clean because of his communist friends were being assassinated, that he went forward to the government and admitted that he was a communist spy. And he began to name people in America that were also communist spies. Among them was um, uh, Alger Hiss, who um, helped uh, write the UN Charter, but many others. But here he was, Whitaker Chambers. He was the editor of Time magazine, and he confessed to being a communist spy. And so both sides realized that the media is where the war. There were uh, accusations that there were uh, Hollywood producers and Hollywood actors that were working together with the communists. And so there were the McCarthy hearings that would have them on trial, right? Lucille Ball and all these other ones that have made an issue. And uh, yes, some innocent people were investigated. Well, guess what? 1980s, when uh, the Soviet Union began to fall apart, there was a defector. And um, it's a long Russian name um, that I don't have memorized, but he defected with like 25,000 pages worth of KGB documents and fled to England and then published these papers. And sure enough, they list Hollywood producers that were being paid by communists to uh, have themes in the movies that would be let, you know, discourage patriotism and, and encourage more of the socialist stuff. But, but the battle is who controls the media. And now it's done online, now it's done with the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all these different groups. And, yep. um, and, and Zuckerberg has an agenda, and he funneled $400 million to basically mobilize um, Democrat voters. And um, a lot of that money went into, if you some, saw the movie 2,000 Mules, a lot of yep. those people were getting money from organizations that were getting money from Zuckerberg. And so, so we have to realize that the inputs that we're getting, uh, we have to question. Uh, is, is this true? Is this trustworthy? Or am I being um, uh, played upon? Uh, now, for those of us that are Christians, we have the Bible. And the more you know the Bible, the more you're able to uh, see, discern between a lie and the truth. Amen. Years ago, I, I talked to someone who worked in the banking industry, and their job was to identify counterfeit currency. And they said all they would do was study the real currency. Yeah, they and recognize then they would, the other. Yeah. Yeah. And they said they, they didn't study the counterfeits because they would just study the real thing and then they would be able to identify the counterfeits. So if you study the, the word of God, uh, you can identify truth and lies. Um, and then uh, the, there is a verse in the Bible that says no prophecy is of any private interpretation. So in other words, you don't just read a verse and then go off on some crazy doctrine 
you, you talk with other Christian leaders and you say, no, am yeah. I on the right track? Well, the same way is you'll see something in the news, you'll have a question about it. We'll talk to other Christian people um, and I would uh, include um, you, Bryce, and, and Rob McCoy, and, and your, your programming, and say, does it look, does my views line up? And I'll let me check with other people that I respect. And, and um, yeah, you know, and and I think also, you know, out there, I mean, I I do uh, now. I I consume, you know mainstream media and read their stuff too so that a lot of people don't have to because uh you know it's 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 hard to stomach sometimes but um you know but you have to be taking in all of these sources and you have to be you know putting it through the filter of the bible and what our under what our worldview is and our understanding of these things you know in order to to kind of get the full picture and uh, you know we got to pray for wisdom in these times. Um, one of the things that I, I wanted to touch on with you, um, you and I exchanged some um, back and forth in regards to to China and and their currency. You know we've got massive. In, in fact, this is a good time for me to you know hit hit our uh, one of our sponsors here um, because you know it is it is super scary right now with all that's going on with inflation and uh, you know the the impact people are feeling gas food. Um, you know, uh, we know that, you know, re- there's serious talk about recession and, and all of that's happening. People are seeing the retirement accounts go down and, and we're being asked all the time, you know, what to do and, and how to, um, you know, kind of hedge your bets there. And, you know, my advice, people, uh, is to be diversifying. And, and part of that includes, you know, things like real estate. It includes gold as well, I believe. And, you know, one of our, our uh, new sponsors is Birch Gold Group. And Birch Gold Group, um, you know, has uh, the ability to, you know, take take actual precious metals. So you're not investing in, in paper gold. You're investing in gold. And, um, you know, for that, if you want to reach out to them and talk to their precious metal specialists, um, you're going to text LIBERTY to 989898 and they'll give you a free kit on how to diversify you know using techniques like gold um so with that uh again text liberty to 989898 to uh get some real help from those guys but with that i wanted to transition to talking about you know our big bad ugly enemy china because they're having runs on their banks right now, and and I know you alerted me to a lot of that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Right. So right now you have the Chinese government uh, that are their state-run banks are beginning to collapse, and there's people standing outside for a week in line wanting to pull their money out. And when they get up there, they say, "Well, you have to." Um, fill out all these forms, and then the government runs them through all these hoops before they can fill out the form, and and then they are having access to their bank accounts online, and all of a sudden they don't have access anymore, and they say, well, we have to check that you're really you, and so then they put them through a whole bunch of more hoops and everything, but this there's a run on the banks, and um, they've been spending, spending, spending over there in China. And um, they're a not a market-driven economy, so it's not a balancing out. Uh, it's the government making decisions. Well, it looks like if this continues, 
that not only will individuals not be able to pull their money out, but the small businesses and the medium-sized businesses and even some of the big businesses will not be able to. Uh, they don't have FDIC insurance over there. And so when the bank runs out of money, they simply say that the president of the bank was corrupt and took the money overseas and will go after that guy and kill him. But they basically say, sorry, your money that you put in this bank is flat out gone. And so when businesses in China begin to collapse, guess what? The products that they're shipping to America are not going to show up. Yeah. And there's already a supply line delay. But if there's no products, then all the businesses in America that sell products, uh, the stores, they're not going to have stuff to sell. They're going to begin to go belly up. And we're going to begin to see um, a collapsing of our economy. And so this is really serious. Um, it is. It could, it, there's the, well, oh, gee, is this coincidental? Well, then let's back up and let's look at the Great Reset and the Klaus Schwab and the Bill Gates and the George Soros and the BlackRock State Street Vanguard and how that uh, they have been talking about wanting to collapse the world economy uh, for, for decades and why? Because then everybody will go to their government and say, help. Sort of like in Egypt. Remember when there was a famine and uh, they all go to the government and say, help, we need food. And, uh, and uh, Joseph was there and um, God put him there uh, to provide for the Jews. Um, but the first thing was the people gave up their land and then they gave up their cattle and then they gave up their lives uh, to become slaves uh, of the government. And so now in that case, um, you know, there was a good Pharaoh and he took care of the children of Israel and preserved them. Um, but then there was a new Pharaoh that did not know Joseph and he used all that concentrated power to oppress the children of Israel, make them slaves and even throw their sons in the Nile River, sort of an abortion type thing. And that's when um, after that, uh, God uh, showed his power by crushing uh, Pharaoh and delivering his children. But the point I want to make is that it's in times of crises that people are willing to surrender their lives to the government. And this is, uh, is the, the great reset. Um, and I'm convinced uh, that uh, there is enough scripture that talks about a wise man sees a crisis ahead and prepares himself. Um, so I do think it's wise, as you mentioned, to get gold and um, it was the, the Birch Group that you said? Yeah, but yeah Bir Birch Gold. Uh, and what's Birch that Gold number Group. again? That, uh... Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, <laughs> 989898. So you want to text LIBERTY to 989898. And, uh, and then they'll, uh, they'll send you a free kit and info on that. I'm, I'm uh, in one of their accounts, and uh, um, I am a big believer in just diversification, you know, real estate. Um, I'm in a... Uh, a big believer in what we need to be doing with our families to get as much of what we need locally, because you know the more you are, um, you know, relying upon China and and your you know goods being shipped from overseas and all that stuff. I I, I consider, um, you know, what they're doing to us with this great reset. Um, I think it's falling apart in in some respects, um, or at least we're starting to recognize the game. And I think it's a race between us and them right now 
the folks that recognize that this is happening and start to you know think more locally and think about how we can gather resources you know for our communities uh, and not have to rely, rely upon them I mean that's that's power for us and that's my prayer is that you know as believers we recognize that and and we see each other through these times and uh, you know in closing with the the spiritual thought Jesus says wheat and tears grow together till the harvest so the same way you had Cain kill and Abel, the spiritual descendants, so to speak, of Cain, always want to kill the spiritual descendants of Abel. Abel trusted in the lamb. Right? Ancient Israel trusted in the lamb. And of course, Christians, we believe Jesus is the lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Um, and this same good versus evil, it, it's been going on continually. The only difference, the variables, is that military advancements and technological advancements make it so that um, the stakes get higher. And, you know, if Attila the Hun hadn't have died, he had an army of a half million men wiping out cities across Europe. He'd have been happy to keep killing. You know, uh, Napoleon, the six million died in the Napoleonic Wars. You know, if he hadn't have gotten pushed out, he'd have been happy to continue. Uh, Genghis Khan yeah. killed 30 million people from Korea to Hungary. If he hadn't have died, he'd have been happy to keep killing. That spirit of Antichrist is there. Um, but the spirit of Christ is there, right? And Amen. so the stakes get higher. Jesus says wheat and tares go together till the harvest. And my attitude is if we get through this crisis, there'll be another one. We get yep. through that crisis, there'll be another one. And yeah. there's, there's the deep desire in my heart to want to turn this thing around, and I'm going to work for, toward, toward that with all that's in me. But the other side of it is, you know, even if we don't turn it around, we're showing the Lord whose side we're on. Amen. And well, and, we and I, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I, I don't think that my goal is to turn it around anymore. My goal is to, uh, you know, protect, you know, our Christian brothers and sisters, um, build our community, return to God, because there have been so many Christians that got caught up in this world of prosperity and abdicated their responsibilities, failed to properly raise their children, failed to, you know, pass on our values, and I think we are reaping all that we sowed there. And so it's, it's like, okay, let's turn back and let's make that what we're concentrating on. Um, you know, uh, I do believe that I've, I've great hope that our republic can be saved uh, because it, it, is, uh, um, it was conceived in, in liberty and, and conceived based on our, our biblical concepts. But if it cannot be, I, I want first us to just adhere to the idea of, of just building our community of believers and, and protecting that. You know, I tell people uh, God has plan A and plan B. Plan A Amen. is plan A is he blesses us so much we turn to him out of gratefulness. If that doesn't work, there's plan B. It says <laughs> he, he hides his face. That's what it says in Deuteronomy 28. And he lets us experience the bad results of our selfish actions. And then in the crises, we turn to God out of desperation. His goal is to have us turn to him. And uh, there's an easy way and there's a hard way. Uh, but Amen. the quicker we turn to the Lord, uh, that's what he's after. You know, we're the bride Amen. of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. And every romance novel, every Hallmark movie, it builds up to this one point in the movie where there is a decision-making moment of forsaking all others and choosing the one. 
And it yeah. only makes sense if, if God is his goal out of humanity is to have uh, the bride of Christ, that, that he's allowing us. He's, in a sense, pushing each one of us and as a country and as a believers toward a decision-making moment. Are we going to forsake all others and forsake the world and forsake what they post about you on the Internet, whether you're liked or followed or, de- or canceled or, de- or forsake what people care and only care about Jesus? Amen. That is a perfect being in front of him. That is a perfect way to end this. Uh, remind everybody of uh, where to follow you, Bill and uh, Bill Federer. I just appreciate you so much. Well, thank you, Bryce. My website's AmericanMinute.com. I talked about a book called Socialism, and then also uh, I sent out an email that you can sign up for uh, on history. So AmericanMinute.com. Well, thank you, the great Bill Federer, folks. He is uh, fantastic, and I learn so much every time I have a conversation with him. Uh, Go ahead and follow him and continue to um, uh, follow us, and I appreciate you really tuning into our show. Thank you, and good night.